0: I'm right so rarely uh, when I predict something and it comes true. I just, I cannot believe it. I'm beside myself. We did a predictions episode a short while ago where we talked about brands getting into hotels or partnering up with hotels, like REI doing a hotel partnership kind of thing where it's like you go out to Colorado or Montana or somewhere and you stay in the REI hotel. Well... Travel Weekly just came out with an article that says Starwood Capital is launching a field and stream hotel brand. Uh, Let's go here. What do they say? The new flag is billed as a, quote, modern and affordable lifestyle lodging concept. Hotels will be located in U.S. markets with close proximity to national parks, beaches and mountain and ski towns. And I remember I saying at the time, and I think this is still going to be the case. I think this is, I think Field and Stream is probably going to be a nice test case for a bunch of other brands, especially outdoor retailers like Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's Dick Sporting Goods and Gander Mountain and all those kinds of folks. And then also, you know, I think uh, makers like Arcteryx and Patagonia and North Face, I think we're going to see more of these kinds of brands get into this. I'm not saying that I want more branded things in my life. It seems like everything in my life is branded. But what do you think about this? Do you think there's a future in all this? I
1: think everything in your life is not branded because we don't have a sponsor yet. That's true. Hi, everybody.
0: Uh, It's No Show. I'm Matt Brown. This is Jeff Borman. And you're right. We don't have a sponsor yet. It's just us. We're the sponsors. We're betting on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Sponsored by Field and Stream, apparently. (laughs) Uh, no, listen, I, I've been
1: surprised on, in a lifetime on the Hotel brand, Brandon that there haven't been more of what you've described. Marriott had a Nickelodeon-themed hotel in Orlando for a while that was supposed to compete with Disney and Universal and the rest, and that kind of went away. But you don't even see that many attempts to go down that kind of brand, co-branding path. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, and if you could slap a label on anything... I'm surprised, even inside of hotels and inside of airplanes, there hasn't been more of it, right? Right. Instead of being in the grand ballroom,
0: uh, why aren't you in Pepsi's grand ballroom? You've also got uh, a lot of territory for, like, say, fashion brands in the in cities. You know why? Why doesn't a brand link up? I don't know if Uniglo would be a good example of this but why wouldn't they link up with um like a like a hotel in Manhattan or something or or London and I mean you you do see some of that right I mean Bulgari has
1: a hotel chain do they really they do uh right in your backyard Baccarat has maybe the best hotel in Manhattan so, uh, as you know Matt my wife is in sponsorships and said so it has both been a puzzling question. I think just in general, how do you make more money at a hotel is my job and has been for two decades. And I have dinner every night with somebody who slaps a label for money on everything she does. So Mm -hmm. the question you're asking has been really staring me in the face for most of my working life. And I gave the ballroom example, right? This is, instead of the grand ballroom, it's the Pepsi grand ballroom. Uh, Mm -hmm. And What would you have to as a hotelier? What would you have to give up to get Pepsi to do that? Uh, Well, exclusivity on the product, right? Okay, you can't sell Coke, right? Fair enough. You would have probably some limitations to other Pepsi product lines, or or you would be obligated to use, you know, Frito Lay products. Aren't they part of Pepsi, right? But I mean, I think if if you expanded it from there, uh, it would be. There are a lot of obvious marriages within a hotel. Considering the dollars involved, I, I'm surprised somebody hasn't solved this already. But you do see it. Listen, Baccarat didn't get in the game. I don't know anything about the hotel other than having taken a, a walk through it, and it is gorgeous. Right. But other than the design element, I couldn't tell you their involvement in operating a hotel. What does Baccarat know about running a hotel? Probably nothing. Right. Probably as much as Bulgari does, which is why they pay Marriott and Ritz-Carlton to run it for them.
0: Should we be the ones who are putting this deal together? Should we put together some kind of PowerPoint presentation, some VC-ready thing?
1: Yeah, there, There's a hotel brand called Outrigger. I think they'd be perfect for this. Let's go pitch every great outdoor brand
0: uh, partnership. Okay. That means we'll have to dress like startup people. We'll have to dress <laughs> and talk like startup people. <laughs> and we'll have to have a present. We'll have to have a keynote. We'll have to have that thing tight. We'll have to have a th- our bio pages set. I'll get working on all this right now. It's all
1: about the deck. Let's start the deck.
0: Sure. Moving on. Over the last couple of days, Peter S. Greenberg, travel editor for CBS News, Tweeted, uh, what is your biggest pet peeve about hotels? And he got a deluge of answers. A couple of them here. Let me just pull up a few of these. I won't attribute names here, but but some of the ones that showed up more than once were room thermostats. <laughs> One here is like room thermostats that seem to have no control over the temperature of the room, <laughs> despite the <laughs> setting. It does not matter what you do to the setting, it does not matter how long you leave it. Uh, it will never be the temperature that you want the room to be in. And it absolutely won't be the temperature of the room you want it to be in at 3 a.m. in the morning. But to uh, me, this is like, sec-
1: like, like TSA. They're not actually catching anything important. It's just the illusion of having Totally.
0: Certain totally. This one was good. Uh, when I'm loyal to a hotel and stay several times a year, and there's no acknowledgement of being a repeat customer when checking in, you stay in all kinds of hotels, obviously. What do you think about that one? If you stay 50 nights in a brand and they can't greet you by name, you should rethink your loyalty because somebody will appreciate you a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Certainly should. What else do we have here? Why can't we – this is a good one. Why can't we get two luggage stands in the room? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, I read that and I thought –
1: It was one that I let down personally. I've never thought of that. Uh, That tweet went on, if I remember it right, to say, one of us always has to put it on
0: the floor. So clearly a leisure traveler, Uh, but it's so
1: accurate. And I have never been frustrated or even annoyed by that. Now I'm going to be.
0: Yeah. The big one, of course, is one that you and I've talked about a lot. Resort fees. A bunch of people complain about resort fees. And you had certain people in in the chain and know what's up. They know that it's a scam essentially <laughs> and that uh it's a, it's just a way for you know hotels to kind of make make an extra buck it doesn't matter where you're staying
1: no i i think the the point here is very clear consumers are worn out with it and there was a good article right around the state of the union uh written i think for skipped and i think by gary left who's starting to become a frequent mention on this program but he tends to get it right i guess that's why we we call out his work but what he wrote was, here's why you know President Biden's making a big deal out of this. And it's all politics and nothing's really going to happen. And Gary's right. It sounds great that Congress is going to take action, right? Uh, but there's really nothing illegal about it. That ultimately is the problem, right? <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, I think the, the, there was a big amount of bluster. It's probably subsided. President Biden got his points with an audience and Ultimately, the FTC is not going to do anything about it because there's nothing to be done. You have to give but, me hope. Yeah, I no, have to live with hope. Move on. Move on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to help us move on. Uh, here's one that I thought uh, a pet peeve was uh, no rooms with no opening windows. I like the option for fresh air. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, don't we all? If we could, and I say we, on behalf of the hotel community, trust the people staying in the rooms not to do silly things like jump out of them, then the
0: rest of us can enjoy fresh air, Tom, or put things out the like throw things out, out the window, throw
1: things or, out, yeah, throw things um, out the window, including themselves too often. It's it's listen, it's actually it's not a choice. Hotels, make. Uh, it's building codes. Yeah, so um, yeah, that one does stink. Nothing hotels can do about it.
0: All this got us thinking. About pet peeves. When well, Jeff and I were initially talking about this episode, he was like, "Oh yeah, pet peeves. Let's do it. Like you know, we'll kind of take inspiration from it. Like pet peeves of travel." And I, the the was essentially Bambi in this situation. I was like, Jeff, I have no pet peeves. I think everything works pretty nicely. We shouldn't pile on to generous companies that are housing us and helping us move around. And of course, after about two minutes of thinking about it, it's like, wait a minute, I do have pet peeves. (laughs) I have a lot of them. Um, We we won't get too mean today, but we did want to talk about some of our big pet peeves in travel and potentially some solutions to remediate them. Jeff, you want to go first? You have a couple of non-hotel ones. You want to dive in? Well, the in-flight credit card pitch by flight attendants, literally
1: uh, taking advantage of a captive audience, absolutely bothers the hell out of me on a plane. I cannot express my frustration every time I'm interrupted. Drives me mad. Wait, interrupted? What do you mean? Well, if you're using the programming, oh right, of course, right? They stop it. But even if you're not, you know, the, the thing's so loud, and they come, you know, down the aisle, waving the thing in your face. You can't get off the. Playing without having to pass the person, you know, brush by and you got to say no thank you. It, you know, it's kind of like bathroom attendance to me. Go into a, a CD club and somebody wants three bucks just so you can have soap to wash your hands. You know, like I, I absolutely hate it. I hate it. What else you got? What's your
0: next one? I have a couple predictably that are Vegas centric. My first one is about Vegas pools, <laughs> or I should say resort pools, uh, but I'm, I'm going to use Vegas as the example here. They shut down at night, or at least a lot of them do. Some of this may have changed. Some hotels, I think, are maybe marketing themselves as having uh, pools that stay open past seven. Maybe Circa in Vegas is one of the newer hotels that is doing this. But there was a long stretch of time where massive, amazing pools out in the back of the resort hotels up and down the Strip would essentially call it at 6, 7 p.m., why? Well, a lot of reasons. Uh, you've got uh, labor that's got to go out and kind of, you know, lifeguards and you know people attendants, and you have to kind of have people out there while uh, folks are by the pool, and it's a little bit easier to to save a little bit of time, um, uh, you know, and money in that regard. I always thought conspiratorially it was to get people indoors. <laughs> like, what are you doing out here by the pool? <laughs> uh, it it, it's, it's seven o'clock. You should, everybody should go in, change and either get on the floor, go to the restaurant uh, or go to a show. When we used to go out to Vegas for shows, I would, I would go out. Uh, Jeff's uh, wife, Heather would go out. Uh, we worked for the same organization. One of the gifts was uh, staying at this older hotel, the Flamingo at the time it was the Flamingo Hilton. And they kept their pool open, uh, like, I think the whole night, or at least until midnight. And the pool and the hot tub were open, and it was incredible. It was the, just the best. It was just, just a wonderful treat at the end of the day uh, to come in from working at a trade show and go out and get a little pool time before you head out. And I, I understand also why uh, hotels out on the road don't do that. Uh, it, it's tougher to again keep it staffed. Security can be an issue. Noise certainly is an issue. Um, you know, once you start pushing past eight or nine o'clock, uh, and you've got drunk yahoos out there <laughs> kind of splashing around, and and you know, oftentimes in smaller hotels out in the rest of the country, the pool is right on the hotel room, so that can create more guest headaches than are worth it. But I am a full proponent of uh, when you stay in a hotel that a uh, a lot of the services of that hotel, including the pool, should be open for uh, as long uh, of hours as possible. Uh, from a commercial standpoint, I agree with you. If more resort pools uh,
1: had a crowd that could support the staffing, and Vegas is probably the place to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, your uh, your sleepy resort in Scottsdale or something. Where, you know, where it's a, or, or uh, let's just say like a wellness retreat, you know, an Aman hotel in the middle of nowhere, uh which just sounds delightful, but they are probably not going to have enough people out there uh ordering drinks essentially for uh, sure to make the for staffing sure. worthwhile. Uh, but a place like Las Vegas, I agree with you but yeah. it should happen. I uh, part of I mean, going back 15 20 years when W, w- was first born I think what you just described was a core part of what they would do, right? It was a pool party every night Uh, and somewhere between the W hedonism and what's another great brand, sandals, right? That might be a brand that would do it, Uh, you know,
0: couples resorts, you know, stuff like that. Right. The the no kids thing is a big deal because I was about to say Orlando would be a good candidate for this too, but you'd have to have families. Vegas. And you'd have to have lifeguards. Yeah. And you'd have to have lifeguards. Vegas is perfect because you can easily put in a rule that says, okay, we're going to keep the uh, pool open from say seven to midnight it closes yeah. at midnight, closes at 11 PM. Fine. But no kids, nobody under 18. Yep. Which I know puts a lot, a lot, a lot of families family, in the jackpot of the there. Yeah. 21. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like a drink. Yeah. Do it as, as drinking age. Oh man, that'd be great. That'd be great. One day, one day. Yeah, you know, one of the people on <laughs>
1: I mean, some of these on the tweet were pretty funny, right? you know, I've never once had a good pillow. I mean, you're staying in the wrong hotels. <laughs> like the best bedding I've ever, you know, I've ever had is at a Four Seasons hotel. And it is only slightly above uh, the heavenly bed that, you know, is now more or less ubiquitous across a lot of Marriott brands having brought Starwood in the fold, you know, five, six years ago. Uh, but like the heavenly bed, first of all, great branding. Uh, but if you've never had a good hotel pillow, you're you're choosing the wrong, you're choosing the wrong place. Not having daily housekeeping was one that I saw and I thought this was actually one I, and this is just personal preference, totally disagree with. I I love that there is not daily housekeeping. It is completely unnecessary for me as a traveler when my average stay is two nights, maybe a third. Mm-hmm. If I'm staying seven nights and we're at a resort, especially if it's on a beach and it's sandy, And I got swimsuits, and I need new towels all the time, right? I think it's a different environment. I probably do want some kind of housekeeping refresh, but uh, the actual coming in and cleaning of a room, I actually find that to be uh, more of a nuisance. You know, it seems like the housekeeper is always in there when I try to go back and get something. You know, like so. I love that. I I understand why some people feel like you know prices are high and hotels haven't always brought it back. Personally, I think it's a very good thing. But here's one that, if you're getting to one of my peeves that somebody touched, uh, lights that don't work. I'm convinced of a couple of things here. First, the designers for luxury hotels, the higher you go up the chain, I think the less likely the designer is to have ever stayed in that room. The number of lights it takes—it takes 15 minutes to turn off all the lights and go to bed in some of these hotels, right? And you know, you've got half of them are on a switch in this room, Uh, a third of them are on a switch in that room. The other ones run by a master. Uh, The other ones are floor lamps, so you got to go find which ones are actually lamps and not switches. And then sometimes there's a master switch, which is supposed to be the solution for all this, over next to the bed. But that master switch almost never turns everything off.
0: I wonder how many people who do interior design and interior decoration for hotels actually stay in the room that they're designing. Because my guess is they don't. <laughs> like, I, like I'm talking about like real testing. Not, I don't know how you do it exactly, but wouldn't it make sense if you were designing the lighting for a room that you yourself as the designer would go through the UX experience of what you're making? it makes so much sense uh, and why it doesn't happen is amazing to me and now i'm a, now you, i mean you have to apply that now to everything in the hotel room right like the bed and uh, the layout and i'm so curious how that stuff is tested we need to talk to somebody who's an expert in that
1: yeah, so let's take this a step further do housekeepers ever stay in rooms because i have a theory that there is a secret society of housekeeping trainers that teaches them to point the shower nozzle right at you so that as soon as you turn the water on, you get sprayed all over with cold water. And sure. any housekeeper who actually stayed in a room would know for sure that they're doing it intentionally or never do it again.
0: Well, the important thing here, uh, Jeff, is not that that you are getting sprayed in the face, is that the floor and the floor mat and everything outside of the shower, <laughs> stall and tub is getting sprayed. <laughs> That's the real goal here. I stayed in a hotel earlier
1: uh, last month. It was last month. I will not give the name. It was so bad. I mean, most of the hotel, it was a quasi-luxury hotel by a global chain. Sure. Lariat, let's call oh. it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. You. When I turned on the water, the designer, this has nothing to do with the housekeeper, the design of the shower head was pointed exactly toward the shower door. Mm-hmm. So the only way in and out to turn it on was to blast yourself. Mm-hmm. I saw it coming, knew there was nothing I could do about it. Still dealt with it with the very quick slam of the the shower door. But the shower door was not perfectly sealed. In fact, it was barely sealed. So literally, the shower was
0: pointing water
1: directly
0: out of the shower. Maybe they're testing you. Maybe they're testing us.
1: Here's the great irony of it all. It's in California. This hotel was where the big the, you have the tightest water regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're only allowed to use low, uh, what is it? Low, you know, certain low pressure uh, shower heads, right? Like all, like it, it's the capital of water conservation in America. Is where this hotel was.
0: What else do we have here? We we I think you and I had one that we were kind of commiserating on that that's connected. Having easy access to your Apple Plus account, Hulu, Netflix, having a little bit easier access to that in the hotel wouldn't be a bad deal.
1: No, I think I think you're seeing some real improvements there uh, in the product lines. It mean in product line, mainly meaning the television, not the Wi-Fi. Uh, so the smart TV is right starting to become starting anyway, to become ubiquitous inside of hotel rooms. And I think the ability to flick what's on your phone or your tablet onto the screen in your room, I I think you're pretty close to that being a reality. Uh, I think the hindrance there is less the Wi-Fi uh, and more just the expense of replacing the physical television in every room. I think LG's biggest vertical uh, in the whole company is television sales to hotels. (laughs) So, if you're a company that owns, you know, a hundred thousand hotel rooms, uh, and you're being asked to replace the TV to appease Matt Brown's desire to watch his own Netflix without signing in, uh, that's a, that's a pretty tall ask. So, it's happening. It's a massive investment that's taking, you know, the better part of a decade. You know, if it weren't for the COVID interruption, we might already be there. But that was just so financially devastating. Uh, that investment dollars are still recovering in the hotel world, and uh, projects like that have taken a back seat in a lot of cases to things like uh, over the last few years, the water boiler went out. You know, well, we got to fix that first, and and finances are still digging out of the
0: pandemic. Right. I have another good one. I think I probably rankle a little bit at hotel food options. Uh, I don't know if I call it a pet peeve necessarily, but it's a, a pet desire uh especially on the road where you can you can really stay in some some food deserts sometimes especially if you get in late the hotel doesn't have to have a restaurant in it or a restaurant doesn't necessarily have to be next door but i feel like food options at hotels could be a little bit more in tune with the changing ways that we eat maybe products that that don't feel like they kind of come off the assembly line some options that are maybe more local and available from some kind of vending set up in a hotel at, at all hours or at least extended hours. So I should get over that too, I guess.
1: There's a lot to unpack there. And to me, it's similar to some of the pet peeves you heard on on Peter Greenberg's thread, where the kind of hotel you're staying at really determines my willingness for you to be peeved. <laughs> I mean, if mm-hmm. if you're staying at the kind of hotel that's it's really just here's your key – then you've chosen the wrong hotel. You've chosen a down market hotel that's not going to offer you those things. And but if you're staying at a, a swanky boutique hotel, in, you know in Soma that doesn't offer you uh, at least something uh, to satiate you 24 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, that's a reasonable expectation. I think price has a lot to do with it too. Location. If you are in the middle of nowhere, and I think you just said something like that, right? I think it is kind of a hotelier's obligation, like going all the way back to the origins of the business. It was a respite. It was a place to stay for the night, like shelter and food. So yeah, if you're uh, in an eight hour stretch of West Texas and next gas stops 225 miles, and that's also where the only hotel is. Yeah, I think you're right. You should be able to expect that they've got a little something to eat there. I want better
0: snacks at the hotel. What
1: better snacks?
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> you ready for your mystery question? Let's do it. Uh, my wife Amanda is shopping for a new small suitcase, one that can easily fit into the uh, overhead compartment. I need a luggage recommendation for a small suitcase. I will begin with what not to do. Okay, are you familiar with Away,
1: the luggage that has like the wire, the battery you can charge your gear? Awful, awful product. Uh, And here's why. Two reasons. First, horrible strategy to put a battery that airplanes won't let you on with in the bag itself. That
0: strategy. Fair. Uh,
1: Second, uh, and we've actually had one of these only for one trip. Heather used it. Uh, The thing was so flimsy uh, that you just thought there's no way this thing is going to make it 90 days. And so we had to immediately exercise the 90-day return policy. So uh, I would stay away from away. We may have mentioned at one point on this show that I have loyalty to Victorinox. Uh, I have always had great success with their product. Uh, in fact, I recently had a bag strap break. I bought the bag in 2010. I sent a photo of the strap that broke. It's an over-the-shoulder kind of you know, pilot's bag or something like that. But it's, it's an over-the-shoulder kind of overnight folding bag. Shoulder strap broke, 13 years old, sent them a picture, new one's on the way. Wow, good for them. Yeah. Victorinox. Victorinox. And, and it's not the first time I've had that kind of experience, which is exactly why I'm so loyal. Now, a, f- a friend of ours who recently joined us, Samir, uh, has introduced me to and he travels with, at least pretty frequently, with Tumi product and, and recommended that to me. I think we've already established he's he's got a pretty good handle on travel hacks. Uh, so yeah, I'd be remiss not to at least throw that in there, uh, that he supports that product. So
0: okay. to, to, house all, to house all of his luxury pajamas that he, <laughs> <laughs> that he picks up from all these. He said that in the last episode. I was like, I cannot. I never, I was, boy, the more you know, the more you know. Thank you very much, Matt. Wait. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon.